Rob Bro. He's your sports bro at KKAM.com and the Talk 1340 app. You guys are not doing any pass blocking. You're just stepping aside and letting them walk in. Pop, 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 pop. That's what I want. All of you around that ball. What's wrong with y'all? Don't play like some little girls. Y'all like y'all never played football before. Because of nothing. You hear me? They please just like we do. Yes, they sweat just like we do. Do you hear me? They went through two days. We went through two days in 110 degree heat. Yes, sir. I want you to hit everything to move. If the ref gets in your way, you hit him. Okay, then let's play. But that's eating us too. That gives us too. This is our team. This is us. Let's go right now. Let's get it off now. Let's go. of the weekend i gave you a lock earlier in the week wednesday i think it was wednesday night alabama minus 17 was a farce south carolina covers easily in overtime we'll try to find some more locks for this weekend see if we can do it we might play around with the xfl Uh, the friday fades have ended so we'll give you a couple of Friday fades for the Rob Bro Show and disguise them as locks of the weekend. Uh, I have not looked at or bet on the XFL yet. But now that we've seen a couple of games and uh, have a little bit of the, the lay of the land, per se, maybe we start looking at some XFL lines. If we can find them, I'm sure they're out there via Bovada or otherwise. Somebody has to have lines on the XFL. And by the way, the Nooch is Looch. Last night, Ben DiNucci leading a comeback for the Seattle Trogdors. Um, Big time win for them. And if you're not watching the XFL, if you're not paying attention to the XFL, it it's the best version of spring football yet. I was really excited about the AAF. It was a snooze fest. Spectacular failure. I was really excited about the return of the XFL. And it was good. But obviously got canceled mid-season because of COVID. And then the USFL last year, I didn't watch a single game. I just did not intrigue me at all. I watched a quarter or two and never got into it. The XFL, how they've put together their games, you're never out. The onside kick, 4th and 15, is a great addition. The ability to secure a three-point play after a touchdown... Great addition. I doubt these games ever go to overtime because it's just so hard 
with all of the available scoring options to score the same points. And with the 4th and 15 option, it, my understanding is if you don't get the 4th and 15, the other team can score again. So lots of ways to finish a game in regulation that I love. And there's drama and intrigue. And Ben DiNucci. A.J. McCarron. If you remember that name. So, uh, very exciting. Very exciting so far. And I I was not going to really pay attention to the XFL beyond maybe the San Antonio Brahmas with T.J. Vasher. Or I think the Arlington team where Colin Schooler is, but... I might be checking out the the XFL. I might be a Seattle Dragons fan with Ben DiNucci. I liked him with the Cowboys. I I liked him as a backup for the Cowboys. I didn't really enjoy when he played, but he did have a couple of good drives. Enjoyed his preseason work. Anyways, enough about the XFL. Uh, more going on this weekend. College basketball is winding down. A week and a half left, if that's what you want to call it, really eight days left in the regular season. With this Saturday's game and then two games next week for everybody in the Big 12. And it's going to be an interesting finish. If Kansas wins the next two, the last one against Texas, I don't think will matter as much unless Texas also wins the next two, which they can. Uh, But it's going to be a more difficult task. Baylor and Texas play this weekend in Waco. Uh, Texas does get their final game against Kansas in Austin. Can Baylor beat Texas? I don't know. Texas is playing really well right now. They are. They really are. And I believe Texas in the midweek next week has TCU. So it's a tough finish to the Texas schedule. Uh, Meanwhile, Kansas gets uh, Texas Tech and West Virginia this weekend. Texas Tech in the midweek before they play Texas in Austin. So, And I believe both of those are at home. Interesting. Uh, Off the text line, only interested in McCarran if his wife slash girlfriend gets shown on TV 45 times. Uh, If Brent Musburger's not in control, I don't think that will happen. Brent Musburger, big fan of AJ McCarran's girlfriend slash wife. Did he marry the same girl? I guess he did. Good for him. Good for him. And I think he's been in the NFL. Actually, I don't know what's been going on with A.J. McCarron. I couldn't tell you. Uh, it never had a long-term starting role in the NFL. Uh, where has he been? If somebody knows where A.J. McCarron's been, you can text into the show. That would be interesting to know. Uh, I don't know that uh, much of it is going on. Uh, I'm watching the XFL for Schooler, Vasher, and Jeffers. Oh, Jeffers also on uh, that San Antonio team. This question is: the SFL still playing? The USFL still playing in only one stadium? No, I think they're. 
I think they're going the, the distance this year. Last year, they had a bunch of team names from different cities, and they played in Birmingham every week. That didn't make any sense. They should have just been called the team names and not had any cities associated with them whatsoever. But it was like the Pittsburgh Maulers playing their home games in Birmingham. Like what? What? And there was a USFL commercial during the NFL uh, Super Bowl. And it said professional football returns in two months. Uh, the XFL started the week after the Super Bowl. They're professional. And the XFL has already, you know, gotten rosters and drafted. So theoretically, the USFL has, uh, if you're calling XFL second tier talent, it's probably really third tier talent with first tier talent, the starters in the NFL, and then second tier, the kind of the backups and practice squad. The third tier is the XFL. But theoretically, you're going to see really, really good guys in the XFL and the USFL because. Teams, after you're four or five years into the league and you're not quite a productive player, uh, you're cut because they have to pay you that veteran salary. And they have to pay you for the rest of your life. So a lot of guys get cut and don't really get another chance in the league so maybe that level of talent is going to show up in the XFL and the USFL and be a little better. Is it as good as the NFL? No. Is it as good as college football? No. Is it still football? Yes. And in some ways, I, I always feel like I need a break. But if I don't have a hard-rooting interest and I can just tune in to all the games and be excited instead of just trying to find one team to watch all year, I think that will do better. Maybe. I don't know. But I do believe the US if the USFL is still just in Birmingham, I'm out. I'm already out on the USFL, but I would be way out. If they can't figure out how to play in every stadium they uh, belong to. Literally everyone else is doing it now. They, they were the only league last year that played in one place. And I think that was more of a money thing than anything else. But if you don't have the money to do it, just don't do it. Some wisdom there for you on a Friday. All right, let's uh, take the early break. We'll come back and pick the Big 12 games. Why not? Uh, we will look at every Big 12 basketball game. We'll also talk about Texas Tech baseball underway, allegedly, right now. We will update you on that as well. It's the Rob Bro Show, Talk 103.9 News, Money Sports. Welcome back. It's Rob Bro Show Talk 103.9 News, Money, Sports, Big 12 Basketball this weekend. Uh, we'll talk about that in this segment. As always, I say this every week, but as always, there's great games this weekend. Um, some underrated matchups, I think, in my opinion. Obviously, Texas Tech TCU is a big one. 
And you also have, you know, a top 10 matchup there uh, with Baylor and Texas. Texas Tech baseball also underway. And Western Illinois jumps all over Brendan Gurton. There was an error, uh, but a an earned run and an unearned run score. Western Illinois 2-0 in the bottom of the first inning. One out on the third batter, Bazell at the plate. Nolan Hester walks on four straight pitches. Gage Harrelson strikes out in a full count after two foul balls. So one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight pitches, strikes out looking. Um, and then Nolan Hester in two straight plate appearances who led off with the walk has advanced to third on two wild pitches. Again, Bazell at the plate, cleanup hitter for Texas Tech, and he has doubled to left field for the RBI. So Texas Tech cuts the lead to one, or the deficit. Cuts the deficit to one. Uh, back to Texas Tech baseball this weekend. We we talked about this game a lot on the Raiderland. I think Texas Tech has the opportunity to beat TCU. And if you look back legitimately at one game this season, if Texas Tech had beaten TCU earlier in the year, just listen to this. Texas Tech had a 12-point lead on TCU in Fort Worth in the second half and lost that game. If Texas Tech holds on, they would be 17-11, and 6-9 in the Big 12. If TCU does not come back and win that game, they would be 17-11 and 6-9 and in conference play. You are a blown game away from being TCU, and TCU is ranked in the top 25 and thought of as a tournament lock, as a sixth seed, and you are one game away. Now, you've done it in a different way, and TCU's non-conference schedule was a little bit better than yours, but again, you have a top 25 strength of schedule because you play in the Big 12. TCU ranked 24th. They're 7 and 8, 18 and 10 overall. You're 16 and 12, 5 and 10 in Big 12 play. And the game that separates you is the game that you gave away in Fort Worth. If you had held on, if you had taken care of business in Fort Worth, but you didn't. I do think that you can beat TCU. You should have beat them the first time. But if their guards are hot, if Bow, Bow, Bow and Miles, either one of them really, are hot, and if Fardals and Kevin O'Banner get in foul trouble early, this is a really bad matchup. Really bad. It could get ugly. 
Also at 11 a.m., that one's, by the way, on ESPN2. Also at 11 a.m., Oklahoma at Iowa State. Oklahoma 3-12 and in Big 12 play. Iowa State 8-7. and Let me see if I can get to where the lines may or may not be posted. I wish they would post those earlier, man. It's crazy they don't. Oh, this is great radio, Rob. Keep talking. Uh, no, the lines are not out yet. Oklahoma at Iowa State, 11 a.m. on ESPNU. I do not think that this game... This game shouldn't be close, but Iowa State's not been playing well. And similarly to Texas Tech, this would be a really bad loss for Iowa State. Like, really bad. And I'm not saying Iowa State couldn't overcome it. They'll still be in the tournament. They have eight conference wins. Even if they lose out, they would still be on the bubble. And if they won one in the Big 12 tournament, they would absolutely be there. But that is a really, really, really bad loss, and it would be a moderate win. Now, if you're Texas Tech, you kind of want Oklahoma to win that one. Because it puts a crack in the armor of Iowa State if you're trying to get to bubble land. And if they lose out and they're you're both 8-10, and 10, and they have 17 wins and you have 19, all of a sudden, you split with them. Same with Oklahoma State. If they lose out, you're all of a sudden in a position where you're right there with them. Easier said than done on both of those accounts, but I think Iowa State will win by five or more. Texas in Waco on ESPN. Top ten matchup. Texas number eight, Baylor number nine. And this is a matchup where Anything can happen. I really like Baylor. I think Baylor is a very good basketball team. But um, they just haven't been... I mean, they went on a four-game winning streak where they beat Texas Tech by 30, Oklahoma by 20, TCU by 4, then they hammered West Virginia... And then they get bounced by Kansas off the turf in Lawrence, 87-71. to And then they lose to Kansas State by 10 in Manhattan. Now, back home in Waco, where they won their last two games by 50 combined, they beat Kansas in Waco. They beat Arkansas by 3 in Waco. They beat Oklahoma State by 16 in Waco. So this is a team that's been pretty good at home since they lost to Kansas State and TCU by a combined three points in Waco to, to start Big 12 play. They're 9-6 and six in the conference. They're right there. You know what? I was going to come in here and say that Texas was going to beat Baylor and keep pace with Kansas, but this is a great spot for Baylor, I think. In Waco, Baylor will be the favorite by two points, maybe two or three points. In their last five, they're both three and two. 
Texas on a two-game winning streak, beating Iowa State pretty badly, and Oklahoma in overtime, both in Austin, so the first road trip since they lost in Lubbock. They're 0-2 in their last two on the road. Kansas and Texas Tech. Baylor 2-0 and in their last two home games. And again, two big wins. I'm going to take Baylor at home to get to 10-6. and And for Texas to fall to 11-5. and I think Kansas wins this weekend. Uh, we'll talk about that one next. But I, I think Baylor, for my money has an opportunity to be there at the end. And I think they'll win that game. Kansas State is going to be in Stillwater. I think they'll win too. Uh, They should be favored. Uh, And then West Virginia, Kansas. Kansas will beat West Virginia by 15 at home, allegedly. Uh, No, Oklahoma State probably going to be favored by more than uh, what Baylor's favored by. That is an interesting, yeah. Kansas... State plus money on the road, even in Stillwater, I would bet that fairly easily. Texas Tech did not scratch any more runs across in the first inning. Brendan Gurton leads off the second inning with a walk. We'll head to break there. Uh, Texas Tech struggling. We will see what happened at bat. Fusick, which is a great name. Brendan Gurton trying to bounce back from... A little bit of a rough start. It's Rob Bro Show Talk 103.9 News, Money Sports. Baseball Talk 1340, News, Money Sports. Welcome back. Rob Rocho, Talk 103.9 News Money Sports. I'm the host, you're the co-host. Hit me up with your locks of the weekend. Gavin Cash at the plate in the bottom of the second. Soon. Still the middle of the second right now. Uh, Brendan Gurton settling in. Fusick flied out. Uh, Slavins flied out. And then Mitchell lined out to right field. Uh, so it seems like Brendan Gurton's settling in a little bit there. Back to the text line. Uh, so how does the XFL draft work? Do they just draft from a pool of people who weren't signed or signed last year? Or is it current people who just got out of college that have a slim chance to get to the NFL? I think if you thought you were going to get drafted into the NFL, you would not have entered the XFL draft. But I'm sure there's some kind of paperwork where you can put your name into the XFL draft pool. Uh, I think you, and they might just take some flyers, but you got to draft guys that are going to show up. Uh, And I would say. I doubt there's any players that uh, have not already tried to be in the NFL. Like I bet, I bet it's all guys who had already been to an NFL camp or tried to go through. 
or at least has been out of college football for a year. I don't think there's any guys that just played in a bowl game that are now in the XFL. Maybe. Maybe. I don't know. Uh, dear bro, how are you? I am fine. I'm, I'm good, too. Thank you for asking. Uh, which team is better prepared for the weather today at uh, the law? Cold isn't making the metal bleachers very enjoyable. You know what? I generally would say that Texas Tech is always more prepared for the weather in Lubbock. But Western Illinois and the Colt has been practicing in it. So maybe Western Illinois does have the hand up today. It is... Forty-eight degrees, mostly cloudy. My dad just texts, "I'm we're fine today." I don't know, and then he said wrong number. I don't I don't know what he's talking about. Apparently, we're fine though. I didn't know anything was going on. Uh, hey, Rob. A few weeks ago, a texter said that this year's story with the men's basketball team had a thirty for thirty potential. Can you explain why? Well, fellow listener, I can't explain why. Uh, This team went to the Sweet 16 last year. Mark Adams is from Brownfield, Texas. Graduated from Texas Tech. Went off and coached at Howard and some junior colleges and... Uh, other places around the area. And then he quit coaching basketball. And then he was a GM of a hockey team, a semi-professional hockey team in Lubbock, Texas, called the Cotton Kings. And then he got back into coaching, ended up with a guy named Chris Beard in Little Rock, Arkansas. And then he followed Chris Beard to UNLV for a week. Then came back to his alma mater at Texas Tech with Chris Beard. I actually don't know if he was at uh, Little Rock. You might have just met him in Lubbock. But either way, they had a good run. And then Chris Beard, this is where the 30 for 30 really pick up. Chris Beard leaves. They give Mark Adams the job. Mark Adams takes the job, does not miss a beat. There's incredible intrigue and drama with two games against Chris Beard. And then in the course of the next season, he loses Kevin McCuller. He loses Terrence Shannon. He convinces Kevin O'Banner to come back. There's drama. There's intrigue all throughout the offseason of who's coming back, who's in, who's not in. Is Clarence Nadolny coming back? He was at the press conference for Mark Adams. He loves Mark Adams. No, he's not coming back. Malik Wilson just got here. He's going to go sit out somewhere else to transfer. What's going on? Why do we need so many new players? We had enough return. No, what's going on? There's part of it. And then there are a lot of rumors that you can find readily available online with Mark Adams' personal life that also involve into a 30 for 30 documentary that would add some intrigue. If you have not heard those, you can find them elsewhere. I'm not going to go through them right now. But there is that added level of intrigue. There was also a story that broke around the time that they were in Maui 
that there was some real friction inside the locker room between the players and coaches. Since that story has been downplayed, certainly since they've been winning, it's been downplayed. There has been uh, some some weird NIL implications that have been reported. So there is a ton of stuff happening. And not to mention, if you're just looking at 30 for 30 potential, if Texas Tech goes from 0-9 in the best conference in the world to the NCAA tournament, that enough is good enough for a documentary. So I think there are a lot of things that happened this year. Uh, that could be turned into some kind of season recap with some serious potential. What's your fade on the Monterey girls squad today? Uh, well, I would not fade Aliyah Chavez. Give me the over on her individual props. She averages 30 a game. Let's go points, rebounds, assist at uh, 32 and take the over. This is the round that Monterey lost in last year. The Monterey girls just had an absolute emotional thriller against one of their local rivals in Amarillo. A five-overtime affair. It would be a really tall task for them to win today, if not to win today and tomorrow. By the way, if they win, they'll be playing tomorrow on Talk 103.9 at noon. They tip off today at 4 o'clock with David Thetford on the call right here on Talk 103.9. So, um, I don't know enough about Memorial or wherever whoever they're playing. Uh, I don't remember who they're playing. I just know the local girls' schools. All right. Uh, do you think Beard will be able to get away with more at Ole Miss? More what? I think Beard got away with a lot at Texas Tech compared to previous coaches at Texas Tech, and I think Chris Beard got away with a lot in Austin. I mean, Arturio Morris was on the roster. And I think that he'll get away with what he can get away with in Ole Miss. I don't. I mean, that's just his history. Gavin Cash walked to start this inning. Hudson White doubled. Gash got to third, and a sack fly from today's center fielder Dylan Carter gets the RBI in an 0-2 count. One out, two-two. Texas Tech ties it up. Tracer Lopez at bat. Let's take the final break of the hour. A little early right here. That seems like a natural break. When we come back, more texters off the text line. 806-855-3712. More basketball. And for the Monterey Girls texter, I will look up who they're playing and uh, try to get some stats on that game. I'm at the mercy of Max Preps there. Rob Brochure Talk 103.9 News. Money Sports.
Welcome back. This is Rob Bro Show Talk 103.9 News, Money, Sports. The Lady Plainsmen of Monterey play today at 4 o'clock. David Thetford will have that call for you right here on Talk 103.9. The Monterey Lady Plainsmen 31-3 and this year. Number one in 5A in their division. Number two overall in the state in all of women's teams. Uh, they will play Mansfield Timberview, number four in the division. Amarillo last week was number two. They are number 14 in the state among all girls teams. They are 35 and three on the year. Monterey 31 and three. Aliyah Chavez, the all-world player, a leading scorer in the state. I think she is the second leading scorer behind Sonia Burks of Rice High School. And, of course, this is uh, just among the schools that uh, put their player stats into the system. I do not see anybody in the top 25 of girls from the school they're playing, the Mansfield Timberview, but uh, they could just be a school that doesn't put up or that doesn't have one great player and has uh, four or five good players and have gotten to this level. So there you go. I would say that the Monterey Lady Plainsmen have the opportunity to win this week, for sure. I think offensively, they're a better team than anyone else. Uh, Defensively, they need to play a good game, and they can do that. And again, if they win today, they'll play again tomorrow at noon. Quick check and Texas Tech baseball as we head to the top of the third inning. Tracer Lopez grounded out for an RBI. Hudson White scored. It is now 3-2. to two. They head to the top of the third with Brendan Gurton remaining on the mound. Texas Tech baseball will play... Four games this weekend, allegedly. Now, the Friday series was moved to a doubleheader time. Uh, They have since said that that is not going to happen today. They'll just play the one game today. They're going to update the times tomorrow. Kind of play it as it lies. Right now, I think there are only three games scheduled. With tomorrow's game scheduled at 3 o'clock, but... They did kind of leave it open-ended that they might play a doubleheader tomorrow. Uh, In the midweek next week, they play a two-game series against Air Force. And that is also in Lubbock on ESPN Plus, a 6.30 Tuesday night game. And then a 2 p.m. Wednesday afternoon, March 1st game. Uh, And then you have Rice, Michigan, and Texas A&M. At 11 a.m., 11 a.m. and 7 p.m. in Houston next weekend. So all around, 
big times. Uh, we do have an update on the Pac-12 Ion Network reports from Brett McMurphy. Earlier this morning, he said Ion Sports, which is just getting started, up at the Ion Network is in 61 markets, seven of those in Pac-12 country. Uh, so they're not even in every Pac-12 market, but they do want to get a Pac-12 foothold, according to Brett McMurphy. Now, Stewie Mandel has refuted the report. Brett McMurphy saying it from Stadium. Stewie Mandel saying it from The Athletic. So conflicting reports on if Apple is in or out. Conflicting reports on if Ion is in or out. Uh, but one report that is not conflicted very much is that the Pac-12 is in serious trouble. And I do mean serious. I don't think that they can... I, I don't think that they can get anything together. And I, I haven't thought that. I. It's not like this is a new thing for me. I'm not jumping on the bandwagon. I've been on the bandwagon for a long time that the Pac-12 was not a viable conference as is. They refused to expand. They refused to go after Texas Tech and TCU and Oklahoma State and kill the Big 12. They could have done it. They refused to be in a position of strength. They put academics on the forefront when the money comes from athletics. Their priorities are wrong. And I'm not saying a university's priority shouldn't be on academics. They absolutely should be. But there's no reason for the Pac-12 commissioner to be focused on athletics or academics. He should be focused on athletics and money. And the university president should say, oh, that's good for the, the athletics? All right, yes, sir, we'll do it. But these university presidents have way too much power in the Pac-12. And for some reason, Arizona State thinks that they get an academic boost by saying they graduated from a Pac-12 university. And I guess that means something on that side of the country. But it, it doesn't feel like it matters to me now. If a school wants to go... Or if a, if, a, if a business wants to hire Pac-12 graduates only, okay. But I've never heard of that. I've never heard of a Pac-12 preferential treatment. I've heard of, like, a Stanford preferential treatment. You know, we only hire Stanford grads. Okay, well, I'll go to Stanford. There's a Stanford pipeline, maybe, some places. But I don't feel like that Pac-12 boost is there. It might be. But again, that does not help your university right now. And the athletics boost does. It absolutely does. So, I don't know what they're going to do. Uh, let's go back to the text line. Uh, everybody knows what Beard got away with at Tech and let his coaches do. 
I, you know, I hadn't heard that. Uh, imagine what he can get away with at Ole Miss. Hugh Freeze will seem like a saint compared to Beard. Uh, bro, are you still battling John Wilner? John Wilner never wanted to battle me. He was too afraid. Uh, what's your project for the weekend? I joined the previous program late, so I didn't hear yours or Hyatt's project ideas. Hyatt's cleaning out his closet. Uh, my project is to uh, watch Big 12 basketball. I probably should do some laundry, but I don't have any. Uh, I don't have any big projects. I am going to go to All Hell Meets though. That's my project. My project is to go to All Hell Meets and buy some meat. That'll be good. Uh, I, I've always I people keep telling me these tri tips. That's like the new thing. They're really easy to cook and delicious. I've never had one, so I might uh, opt for a tri tip. We'll see what happens. I don't have a smoker or a grill, so I probably have to figure that out as well. But we can. You know, if you put your mind to it, Connor, you can you can achieve many things. A lighter and a dream. Yeah, that's all we need. Uh, there is a a grill. I live in an apartment complex. The guy beside me has like a, one of those round, small grills. And it was blown over for like a month and a half. So maybe he doesn't want that grill and I can borrow it. <laughs> yeah, your real project is convincing him. Yeah, but I don't know if I'm talented enough to cook a tri-tip on one of those grills. I think you have to be pretty successful there. All right, one last update on Texas Tech baseball. Uh, already to the bottom of the third, Brennan Gurton settling in really, really well. Uh, Gage Harrelson strikes out, swinging his second K of the game. Still 3-2. to two. two outs in the inning after Bazell also flies out to center field. Bottom of the third, 3-2 lead. We'll go finish that game and maybe eat a hot dog. Rob Rocho, Talk 103.9 News, Money Sports. The views and opinions expressed by the participants on this Talk 1340 program are not necessarily the views of Talk 1340, its advertisers, staff, management, or Town Square Media.